Hello and welcome to the Audio Epics podcast. I'm Domin. And I'm Milene. So, um, since we're in quarantine due to the coronavirus, we've decided to record another episode of our storytelling podcast. So, uh, we've muted our family members on WhatsApp for a while, because strange thing is, when you can't see your family members face to face, that's when you start communi- communicating much more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we have, we've muted them so we can actually start talking about something else for a change and share it with complete strangers because we can. Wife, start talking. <laughs> okay, what should we talk about? Uh, remember our wedding? It was a dreary Saturday and, and only a few people turned up uh, in the town hall, I remember, and the church. In the evening after our wedding dance, the dance floor stayed empty. Around 12, a lot of people had left already, and when my mom started to declutter <laughs> and clean the place up, and everyone started helping her, uh, and, and a friend wanted to screen the Lord of the Rings, that would have made the perfect evening, but apparently we didn't have much to say on the matter, so instead, we were sent home, and back at home, after surviving the gigantic Gandalf by the front door, the plastic Card- foil... Cardboard Gandalf. Yeah, okay, cardboard <laughs> Gandalf. <laughs> And then the the plastic foil in the hall and the cookie crumbs in our bed. What did we do? Uh, I think we read all of our wedding cards out loud and then fell asleep. So, wouldn't you want a remake of our of our wedding? No, it was perfect. But uh, yeah, that's a great topic to talk about in the light of last episode. Let's talk about remakes, reimaginings, and reboots. Okay, cool. Well, we've been talking about storytelling in adaptations in episode 9. In our most uh, recent episode, episode 17, we've been talking about prequels, sequels, sequels and midquels. And in this episode, we'd like to offer the sequel spin-off to those episodes and, and talk about remakes, reimaginings and reboots. Everything. Right. So uh, I hope you can all still follow. Um, so let's very briefly recap what we talked about in those previous episodes, because especially adaptations, that was a long time ago. Um, in so, a galaxy far, far away. No, it was right here, actually. Oh. But it was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> anyway, so adaptations, yeah, you can have all, all kinds of adaptations. Um, from novel to screen, screen to novel, that's a novelization. Video game to movie comic book to the screen, and of course some miscellaneous ones like theme park rides, toys, audio dramas, and so on. Yeah, we've talked about that, and we've talked about prequels. Prequels are um, take place before the main story, sequels are what follows, midquels are somewhat in between, we have spin-offs, um, they can take place in the same world or universe, um, it can be the story of a side character, etc., etc., you were there, right? Or you weren't? Um, yeah, or you should just listen again. Yeah, and then we talked about the per-sequel. Yes, that's a term we came up with. <laughs> yeah, because that's something in yeah something weird in between. Like that new Snow White and the Huntsman movie. <coughs> the Winter's War, yeah. Yeah, that one. So yeah, it, it's possible to invent new formats. Um Often new things are invented because, you know, actors or actresses die. Or, yeah, if you if you desperately want to avoid casting an actress again, like in this case, Kristen Stewart, 
Yeah. You, you come up I, with a I very... think there were some <laughs> personal reasons or something because she had a fling with the director. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, yeah, we don't really know. I don't. I don't want yeah. to know. I, I don't. Also, don't want to spread any Anywhere. rumors. We we shouldn't gossip. It's yeah. No. No. Gossiping <laughs> is wrong. <laughs> yes. So why this recap? Um, because we think there can be a thin line between an adaptation and a reimagining, for example, uh, depending on how faithful it is. Uh, I think about the the Mist movie uh, b- based on right. Stephen King uh, short story. Yeah, the the movie had a very different ending than the book. Very different. It uh, movie ending wanted to. Um, the movie ending made you want to kill yourself, and the novel ending was quite hopeful. So that's different. Yeah. And then <laughs> some spin-offs may actually introduce new elements that put it more in the direction of a reimagining, perhaps. So it's all kind of... Muddled. Yeah. So we have remakes, reimaginings, and reboots. Uh, what are the differences? Right, Okay. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of today's actual topic. Um, so, What is a remake? What's a remake? Well, usually, uh, I'd say very simply, remake is, w- is when you make the same movie again. Or, or a game. Um, could be a game, too. Oh, yeah, right, right. The same movie by other creators or uh, years later? Um, yeah, um, I think <coughs> a remake is almost always by different people and quite a while later, right? Yeah. Normally. Normally. Okay, then what about a reimagining then? A reimagining. Well, um, that's sort of a term that we devised to describe something that's a little bit different from a remake in the sense that you revisit an old concept, but you change it really fundamentally. You make it so different that you can't really call it a remake anymore. Okay, so you take the same story or concept, but with a different take or perspective. You do something original with it. Yes, something that makes it very different. Okay, so and what about a reboot? A reboot, yeah. A reboot is, um, well, I would say a remake or reimagining is usually of, you know, a single movie. Um, Whereas a reboot is when you have a whole series of movies or games or comics or TV episodes and um, and you just you end uh, you end the series and you start over with a blank slate you know you, you start doing the whole series again with a different cast and um, okay so it's or, like a reset yeah a reset you take other actors you start over and you completely ignore the, pe- the previous uh, adaptations or original yeah it, it's it's done a lot in superhero franchises, especially Spider-Man. You know, um, they've they're on their third or fourth Spider-Man uh, movie series now, uh, and completely, you know, completely remade it. Okay, so since this is not an exact science or anything, um, I would say maybe we could talk about some examples and then decide um, where we would classify them, uh, talk a bit about them. Yeah, um, I think a good one to start from is um, King Kong, because that's a, that's a, in my opinion a nice example of a good remake. Okay. Um, you have the 1933 uh, movie King Kong, mm-hmm. 
I don't know who the, who the director was. Um, it's very old. Um, <laughs> he is probably very old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's alive anymore. Uh, uh, he may maybe he died during the the Second World War. I don't know. Um, and and then there's of course the remake by Peter Jackson from 2005, and I think that's a good remake because um, the original. Three King. hour long. Yeah, version, the, right? it's three hours long because yeah. it's Peter Jackson, and he always makes everything at least three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> also, he loves creatures who do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, another reason, um, well, <clears throat> the fact that it's longer makes you, I think, more uh, able to um, care about the characters, get to know them, um, get to get to care about them. But also, I mean. 1933 was a long time ago mm. and cinema has come a long way since then um, you know it was in black and white it was uh, stop motion I mean if you watch the original now it's still very charming yeah but it's, it's outdated. yeah it, you, nobody will be impressed by the you know the, the giant ape <laughs> in the original whereas in the in the remake you know they they made him photorealistic um, and right. the fight with the, the t-rexes is much more impressive etc so there's there's you know it's been a, a long while since i've uh, watched it but i remember it was visually gorgeous and and the soundtrack was also beautiful yeah yeah the james newton howard's uh, score for king kong uh is is one of his best maybe well it's a classic so uh, i guess that's a, a good um good reason to to remake it Another classic, uh, for example, is Ben Hur from 1959. Yeah, I looked that up. And then uh, there was a new Ben Hur um, made in which year? Do you know that by heart? I don't know it by heart, but I've got it right here. It's 2016. <laughs> it was the year your son was born. <laughs> we went to see it. I remember yeah. that. And it was not so good. I mean, the original is one of the greatest films ever made. Um, but the remake from... 2016 was just you know an average forgettable movie yeah i i was always curious about ben-hur um and and when i finally watched it because i was postponing it because it was so damn long mm. but then i watched it and and it didn't feel like a very long movie it was it was such a timeless classic i enjoyed it from start to end and then i think it was only a couple of years later that the remake was uh, mm -hmm. uh created and I didn't think it was much of a, an addition to the the original version. They did change the ending a little bit in that um, they become friends again. I'm not sure if that's a, that was a good thing. But um, on the whole, I think the, the new one um, is much shorter. The original was four hours. The, the new one's... Exactly an hour and a half or something, just much, much shorter. And um, there's just nothing very special about it. I mean, it, after, after such a great classic masterpiece, this is, you know, it's just meh. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't mean that um, a remake of a classic cannot turn into something better, right? Yeah, um, this may not be the most popular opinion out there, um, but... There's um, the movie The Time Machine, the old one from the 50s, uh, was, of course, an adaptation of, um, of the, the story by H.G. Wells. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it was it was fine i mean it was enjoyable it was nicely done uh, the, the time machine itself had a great look but um i think that the the remake from 2002 with guy pierce mm-hmm. that one is actually better um and i really enjoyed that too yeah and stunning and it, visuals great it was score a, yeah. it was kind of a movie that was sort of disregarded i mean it wasn't an, a, a commercial success um I, i think it's one of those forgotten little gems uh, but it's actually really good because i think the main reason is that there's much more of an emotional story of a personal story there than there was in either the original book or in uh, the first movie yeah exactly remakes can also be uh, movies or or copies of movies in other languages right oh right yeah yeah when they remake a movie that was popular um they they make an american version of it for example Yeah, it's almost always the case. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the way it happens. Yeah, you have a, a French or a Spanish or a whatever movie, yeah. and then America makes their version. Like that Spanish movie, Abre los ojos? Yeah, that was remade as Vanilla Sky with uh, Tom Cruise. And our very own Loft uh, in Flemish was uh, remade into uh, the American The Loft. Yeah. By the um, same director. But yeah, that was by the same director. Director, they invited him over to Hollywood, and he got to to make the loft. Of course, if you um, ask a Hobbit, I mean a Flemish person, to come to Hollywood to direct a movie, we say yes, of course, because yeah, it's, it's yeah. a great opportunity for such a small. Yeah, now the the two uh, two guys from from Belgium uh, now got to make the new um, Bad Boys movie. Right. Took over from <laughs> Michael Bay. And you used to know one of them, actually, didn't you? Yeah, he was even on my birthday party yeah. at some point. Yeah, I was there too. I remember that. That was uh, when we first met. Right, that was the year we first met. Yeah. So, yeah, when we first met, the director of Bad Boys 3 was there. We feel so important <laughs> now. Okay. Another example um, of a remake is uh, Ringu. Japanese version of The Ring? No, 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 no. First, there was a Japanese version, and then they made the American one. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, but I, I haven't seen... Yeah, I think I, I did I did watch the, the original one really? in this late night special... Um, Come to think of it, the creepy girl with the long black hair, that's very Japanese. It is, but it's something that um, kind of found its way into modern horror movies in, 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 all, in all cultures. Let me guess, The Grudge was originally Japanese too? Yeah, <laughs> Must exactly. <be. laughs> if, if, if long black hair is involved, it's Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or dark puddles of yeah. water, um, yeah. things like that. Well, it, it's just, it's because it's another culture, it's so creepy. Um <laughs> There's so many adap- yeah. adaptations and remakes from uh, from Japanese horror movies. I can understand why. And then, of course, uh, the British version of The Office with um, Ricky Gervais was remade uh, as The Office with um, Steve Carell. That's a remake of a sitcom, so that's possible too. Right. Hadn't thought of that. 
Then these days, um, I think a lot of remakes are by the creative hand or not so creative hand uh, for you to decide of Disney. Well, everything's by Disney <laughs> by now. I mean, <laughs> they've bought everything there is, so <laughs> everything is by them. Not audio epics. <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, the early, the earliest of their, you know, now they've done all of these live action versions of their classic animated features. Yeah, or they're planning to at some point. Yeah, that, yeah, they've got a whole list planned because you know, why make something new if you can just do the the old one again? But uh, the, the first one of those was quite a while ago. That was uh, 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close. Right, I remember that one. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But uh, then they did Cinderella um, about, I don't know, when was that? Ten years ago? Um, that long? Hmm. Not even. I don't know. I don't think so. And uh, th- But then after that, there was a period when they started really overdoing it. <laughs> <laughs> recently yeah with you know aladdin dumbo the lion king beauty and the beast that was all within you know a year and a half or so yeah we've only watched uh cinderella i think and beauty and the beast cinderella was quite enjoyable although i wasn't really fond of helena bonham carter as the fairy uh, i i usually enjoy her acting but i i just don't think she's fit for that part I agree. I think the fairy godmother should be innocent. And Helena Bonham Carter is a lot of things, but she doesn't yeah. project innocence. Crazy, for example. Yeah, I mean, she's great in, in you know, uh, like in... Um, Wicked stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, like in Sweeney Todd. Uh, she's great, but, um, but fairy godmother, not really her thing, I think. Yeah, and... Um, Beauty but it and was a good movie. I, I liked the movie. Beauty and the Beauty Beast, and that well. was a remake that I personally felt was really bad. Yeah, I didn't, really bad. I didn't like that either. The animation was was perfect. What can you exactly, possibly yeah. add to that? It's kind of like Ben-Hur, you know? If, if you have something that was such a classic, that so, you know, people watch it again and again to this day, why would you remake that? I mean... People loved the original King Kong, but it's not a movie that people watch again and again, the original black and white version of King Kong. But Ben-Hur, to this day, people watch it. And the same is true for uh, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it's... It's gorgeous. Yeah. The music is great. It's it's pretty much a flawless movie. Great storytelling. That's why I never went to see The Lion King, because... That's that's a great movie as well, a great animation. It's the yeah. first one I ever saw in the theaters as a child, and mm. I just I I don't want them to spoil it. No, so I can't really comment on on it either because because I haven't seen it either, uh, the new Lion King. But I heard from a lot of people that there were problems with, um, you know, turning the characters into photorealistic animals because. They don't really have much expression. Yeah, it's not a documentary, right? Yeah, um. yeah, sort of like a Serengeti <laughs> documentary. But uh, that was one of the many issues I had with the Beauty and the Beast remake as well. Was that um, you know you you look at the original animation and you see Re- Lumiere, you know the the talking candle, 
and you know he's he's got these big eyes and this wide smile and it's it's very very it's the sort of thing you can only do in animation in a cartoon you know a singing candle and making it work but what, turning that into live action is it's tantamount to just not understanding what animation is uh, what it is what it is about mm-hmm. because the CGI version of Lumiere even though he was voiced by Ewan McGregor, it's just boring and stiff and no expression because it was just a candlestick that moved. What a waste of McGregor talent. Yeah, and, and Ian McKellen as the clock. I mean, right. what a waste. What a waste. Yeah, it's too bad because um, I really like Emma Watson as an actress. I, 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 I loved her in Harry Potter, but again, um, I think they made a mistake casting her for... Beauty and the Beast. I'm not that fond of, of Emma Watson as an actress myself. Um, I don't know. I, I guess as Hermione, uh, that's good. But um, but yeah, I haven't seen her in anything else that made me say, oh, she was great. Yeah, she was like the stiff know-it-all again, but it, it lacked a heart, the movie. Yeah. I didn't feel for the characters, and that's that's too bad. I, I, thought, I thought actually Emma Watson's version of Belle was very unlikable. Um, well, she came actually, across as very snooty. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gaston was then was more likable than in the animation. Yeah, exactly. You had uh, Luke Evans as Gaston, and um, you remember him as Bard and as Vlad in uh, the Dracula movie, and you you like him because that's how you remember him from those movies. But even in this, there's something about the way he plays the character that makes him more likable. Them bell. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> That's a big problem. <laughs> that yeah, that can't have been their intention. No. So it was yeah, I, I didn't really feel um for the characters. And then but but I watched the, the trailer for Dumbo and which is weird because it's directed uh by Tim Burton, but I teared up just watching the trailer. I, I haven't uh, seen the movie yet, mm. but I thought it was really well, maybe because I yeah. was... I'd, I'd be happy to to see it also because um, I'm always interested in, in, in a new Tim Burton movie. I know that people criticize him for doing the same thing again and again. Which is true. Which is true, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like we talked about with James Horner, you know. Um, he was criticized for doing the same thing again and again. Ta-da-da-da. Yeah, sure. But that same thing was so awesome <laughs> that I don't mind having more of it. Um, and I kind of kind of feel that way about Tim Burton too. I do think that each of his movies is different enough that, you know, they deserve to exist. But on the other hand, uh, I also feel that Tim Burton often lacks heart. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, not the man. I don't know him, but I mean the, his movies. The story, often, yeah. they're they're a bit distant. Yes, um, they, they are. They are great concepts, and they are beautifully realized. But you don't really feel anything. Yeah, there's always this layer of of distance about them, which um, yeah. For example, even though there's a lot of atmosphere, Don Bluth does not have. He does have oh, heart, yeah. and he has atmosphere. Yes. So Don Bluth is one of my big examples, my heroes. Uh, another remake 
well, actually, it's not a remake. I think this is more of a reimagining was Maleficent. Right, of course. Which um, I think really did contribute to the original uh, yeah. Sleeping Beauty. I think if we do add that one to the, the list of Disney uh, live action, uh, you know, revisitation remake things, <laughs> then uh, Maleficent is easily the best. Um, it's also the only one that got a sequel. I haven't seen the sequel, but... No, I, um, I'm curious about it. How can you make a sequel? But I did think that Maleficent, Maleficent was was really good. Um, also, Angelina Jolie was perfect for the role. Yes, now that's 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 good casting. But yeah, I would say it's more of a reimagining than a remake. It was actually the story of Sleeping Beauty, but then told from Maleficent's perspective, and also there was this. Uh, twist about yeah they they really changed it yeah so Stefan uh, turns out to be the bad guy in this story mm-hmm. and he was once best friends um, well even romantically involved yeah. with um, Maleficent but his ambition kind of gets in the way of their friendship well kind of is the understatement of the century um, <laughs> there's this suggestion that the love uh the love of the prince is not true love, but um, the love that is like that of a mother or a guardian uh, would be uh, true love, actually. Which is kind of... Um, I, I, it really works in the ending, more so than than what they did with Frozen, I think. And I thought it was really original. I think what, one of the reasons why it works is that the prince is not a villain. Um, he's actually a great guy and he may end up marrying Aurora, you know? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? He's they, a good they... guy, but you cannot expect true love's kiss yeah. from a guy you've met once. Exactly. Um, true love doesn't work that way. Uh, true love comes from truly investing and caring and that's what... Yeah, so it's a different yeah. message. It's uh, true love needs work uh, or uh, in the case of Frozen... Uh, True love does not exist because all guys suck. Yeah, fr- yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what Frozen was saying. <laughs> We're not fans of Frozen. <laughs> and yeah, in this case, Maleficent uh, becomes the main character. Um, there's a difference with the spin-off in that it's still the story of Sleeping Beauty, but it's from another perspective. So yeah, so, it's yeah, like exactly. It's not like Maleficent's story. It's really yeah. about... Um, but I think you can Sleeping sort of Beauty. you can sort of um, tell that it's a reimagining more than a remake by the fact that they changed the title. It's not Sleeping Beauty, it's, it's Maleficent. Right. But uh, there's one f- strange thing that I have to say about Maleficent is that they do sort of introduce the character as a very good and innocent girl at first. Yeah, and then something But really she's bad called Maleficent. Yeah, that, that's kind And of she has weird. horns on her head. So that's a bit weird. That's weird. <laughs> at the beginning she is yeah. she's this cute innocent girl and then she turns all villainy because something really bad happens yeah. to her and then she turns good again. So it's But uh, yeah, as a whole I thought that movie worked. It was also you know, very nicely designed, etc. So would, like, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, would that be a reimagining? Because you, you could say it's a spin-off, but it, actually it's the same thing, right? It's also the story of, 
the story of Hamlet again. But you take these minor characters from Hamlet and you tell, you retell the story from their perspective. I'll have to be honest. I uh, I saw Hamlet, but I couldn't finish watching Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Um, I only watched it for about 20 minutes and then I had to give up. <laughs> I was just so bored. Yeah, I didn't really like it either. It was supposed to be funny, I think. Yeah, I but think it, it went over my head. Lost on me. I think it went over my head. I'm I just wasn't well versed enough in Shakespeare to really <laughs> get it. It's also a very serious story, Hamlet. Don't make yeah. fun of it. <laughs> yeah. I I kind of have a theory that if Hamlet were released today, then everyone would laugh at it and it would be like the room. Because it's full of these ridiculous scenes like accidentally stabbing your friend behind a curtain. You know, oh, there's something behind a curtain. Let's stab it. <laughs> oh, turns out to be my friend. What a bummer. I mean, <laughs> it's almost a comedy. By I mean, if if you'd watch it today for the first time, it's it's too silly, I think. Uh, comedy, tragedy, potato, potato. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, well, that that thing that Bender said in Futurama, comedy is a dead art form. Now tragedy, that's funny. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, I see a lot of Corona jokes every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> while people are panicking, some other people are just joking about it. So that balancing things. Speaking out. of um, deadly viruses, uh, Planet of the Apes. That's a that's an interesting one. Um, so you have the original movie Planet of the Apes from 1968 with Charlton Heston. And then you have the 2001 version Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg directed by Tim Burton. Right. And that one has a different ending, right? Yeah. So spoiler alert for a movie that's older than you are. Um, the, in the original movie, uh, Charlton Heston ends up on this strange planet uh, full of talking apes and um, in the end he discovers that it's earth in the far future you know he sees the statue of liberty and that's when it hits him this is earth in the far future but with monkeys yeah the monkeys took over talking monkeys and in tim burton's remake he i think what they decided to do was well they knew everybody knows that shock ending so we cannot just repeat that shock ending it wouldn't be a shock anymore because everyone expects it so they changed the ending they in fact they, they changed the whole movie it's it, it was very different it was the same concept uh, an astronaut winds up crashes and winds up on this uh, strange planet where apes rule and humans are slaves but how that story plays out is completely different and they have a, a, another shock ending. This time, the astronaut returns to Earth at the end. And then it turns out that our Earth has also become a planet of apes. And that was very weird. I never got that ending. I still don't understand the ending. He, he returns to Earth, but then it turns out that there are police cars, but apes are driving them and 
he sees a, a statue of Abraham Lincoln, but then it's it's an ape. It's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, I remember that ending. Yeah. Um, it was really weird. I I still don't understand what I really happened. Lo- I really love the prequel trilogy, though. Uh, but we've talked about that. I I think in uh, prequels and sequels. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, with Andy Serkis as uh, Caesar. Yeah. Um, oh, the the new Jumanji, which we've uh, quite recently watched, which is kind of a sequel of some kind, I think should have been a reimagining. And and I w- would have really liked it if it were a reimagining. But actually, I, I liked it now. I thought it was very fun. Yeah, me too. But I think... Um, what what bothered me about it were the the references to Alan Parrish and um, the story that went on before, because it was so different in tone and mm. that just it wasn't credible for me that it was it was actually the the direct sequel to uh, right. So this is a nice example when we were talking about sequels last time that sometimes a sequel can be too different. Yeah. This is an example of that. Exactly, and and if they had made this uh, a reimagining or maybe maybe a spin-off, I think yeah. that would have worked. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that's true. They they could have just not mentioned the board game or Robin Williams or anything at all, and just kind of done it as a a reimagining, as you say, and you know you only need to delete a few scenes from the movie, and that's yeah. what you'd have. Yeah, I mean, very small things. When they were uh, running around in the world of Jumanji, there were this this tiny little clues where Alan Parrish lived in a treehouse and stuff like that. And these references kind of ruined it for me. That was too bad because yeah, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I did like how you know in the original they included sort of all the board game cliches, um, and in this one they include all of the. The video game cliches, but then mostly from older video games. Yeah, it was absolutely original and fun, but it was so different from the original. Um, to make that story connection, I thought it was a bridge too far. But that's just me. No, I, I understand. I understand. Um, it, it felt like trying to connect things that didn't really need to be connected. Now, before we move on, I think we should mention that we're drinking tea. And... Um, yeah, what are we having? I'm not drinking tea yet. Okay, here's your mug. It's poire miel cannelle. Pear, honey and cinnamon. Yes. From Twinings. But, but yeah, Twinings. Which is a decent brand, let's say. For us as the massive snobs that we are. Yeah, we're tea snobs. Yeah. Or, or we're aspiring to be tea snobs. Yes, we're trying to sound like tea snobs, but we actually don't know anything about tea. We just like to drink it. <laughs> we know we like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but um, yeah, cinnamon, apple and honey, I like it. Talking about things that we know we like, um, I know what I don't like <laughs> is the idea of the new Ghostbusters movie. And that's why I didn't watch it. Why didn't you like the idea? Because the concept was too ridiculous. It's just the new one is just Ghostbusters, but then with an all female cast instead of an all male cast. I don't know. I I don't remember. It's but been too long. Aren't the the things that they carry on their backs sort of like vacuum cleaners 
for ghosts. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that they're all women. Ah, <gasps> that's sexist. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, now that you mention it, maybe I, I should. That's watch why it. it has to be an all-female oh, cast. I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. They're cleaning ladies. Yeah. And cleaning, oh, like. and since ghosts are kind of like uh, sheets, big yes. white sheets yeah, that exactly. float into space. <laughs> it's much better than the original. Okay. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So. Well, I've watched the original and I remember it was slow and boring. Wow, that's an unpopular opinion, I think. A lot of. Oh, it's, for many people, the original is like a, a big classic wonderful movie i don't really like it either though um so was that new movie well received then in general by the fans? no it was a big flop and they're doing another reimagining again now this time with uh, a mixed cast of teenagers oh not um yellow ducks or something no and and it's in a it's set in a rural area instead of in a city and you know, it's completely different again Thinking about the coronavirus again, because it's everywhere, frankly. Uh, I, w- I was thinking about um, the novel I Am Legend, which inspired three movies. Three? Which are, in fact, all adaptations, right? Because it was a novel first. Yeah, so it's hard to speak from a reimagining in that case, right? Because it's an adaptation of a novel each time. Yeah. Unless one movie would be based on a former adaptation of the novel (laughs) we're getting into very complex territory like the lego batman movie that's impossible to define (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah let's not go there again (laughs) but anyway i am legend as a novel inspired uh the last man on earth which was a movie from 1964 and then the omega man which was was also with charlton heston i think oh really Hmm. i think I only saw uh, I Am Legend, which was in 2007. Will Smith. Yeah, that was cool. Because it had a, a German Shepherd in it. And that's always cool. Yeah, like like Fallout, the game. Yeah. But then the Omega Man apparently was based on the same novel. The 1971 movie, uh, which I, I haven't watched. But I think it's interesting that um, when you have these different adaptations... It's always good to wonder, is it another adaptation of the mm. novel or is this just um, a remake of the former adaptation? I've only seen the Will Smith version, uh, but I've read reviews of the novel on Goodreads. And what I seem to get from, the, from, from those reviews was that the, the, the main character in the book is really not such a nice guy. He's not a very likable character. He's actually kind of a That's impossible. A jerk. He's a dog he's a dog person. I'm not sure if the dog is in the book. Dog though. people sure. are always nice. <laughs> it's yeah. cat people you should be aware of. <laughs> that aware aside. Of cat people. Uh, and and the the book uh, I thought was much darker, much um, much more of a downer. The movie, they ended up on a hopeful note. I, I think, I'm not sure, I haven't read the book, but I think I like the, the movie with Will Smith more. Mm. Anyway. We should, we should re-watch that movie. It was, it was cool it, and it had great music as well. I think we have it on DVD. That's, that's great because I'm in this 
post-apocalyptic mode lately. Yeah, it's really weird. With this corona outbreak, now you want to watch Outbreak and Contagion. and We just watched Annihilation. That was a very depressing movie. Yeah, but it was fascinating. Yeah, it had Natalie Portman. Um, so that's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Uh, <laughs> modern reimaginings unfortunately, are often deconstructions. Yeah, we don't like that. Yes, we as uh, hardcore traditionalists don't like deconstructions. We love it, though, when the atmosphere of the 80s is brought back in a movie and it's done, you know, in a fun sort of way, not, not yeah. as a deconstruction. Like in Super 8 or in the series um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things was was great. Yeah, it captured the the 80s vibe so well and it was new i just i can't get enough of those opening credits of stranger things just everything about it just the the sound and the 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 grain and and the the the, even the font of the letters and the glow i just i love it i love it so much yeah we're just we're really not fond of these deconstructions how how could we be i mean if someone destroyed your puzzle as a child or your uh, the tower you just made with blocks. Now, where would you get an image like that? <laughs> you wouldn't like that either, right? Yeah, we're locked in with two kids, uh, so... <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about reboots. Batman Begins is a nice example of a reboot. Yeah, right, yeah. That's a retelling of the Batman origin story. Yeah, they already had the the Tim Burton movies and then the other ones that sort of followed up on on the Tim Burton ones. And then with Christopher Nolan, he he decided, okay, let's just forget about that whole take on Batman and do a completely different take on the same character and world. Um, So that's clearly a reboot. Yeah, like did it with countless other superhero movies, right? Most noticeably... Uh, Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. And the new Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. Yeah, and also Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> first you had first it was Spider-Man 1, 2, 3. Then it was The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Then it was Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And then he was also in the Avengers series. Yeah, and then you have Itsy Bitsy Spider-Man. <laughs> Now, in the comics, there are even more versions, uh, far more. So, yeah, it's way we're out of our league. We're not we're not big superhero um, connoisseurs. And I know lots of geeky people are. So we should probably tread lightly here. I like Spider-Man. I like him, too. But I mean, I don't know that much about my top three superheroes. Speaking of superheroes, uh, I our youngest son has come to join us because he's teething and he woke up crying. So if you hear something in the background... Um, it's him. <laughs> snoring. It's not because we're boring. Um, or maybe diaper muffled farts. It's not us. It's uh, our son. And he's also taking advantage of the fact that his older brother is in bed. So he's... Uh, Having all the toys to himself. Exactly. Right now. now we can play with everything. <laughs> so, um, Tomb Raider, the, the the series of video games, 
they also remade uh, rebooted those i think that's a good example of a reboot um the new tomb raider games uh lara croft has normal breasts oh so like what they did with barbie yeah that's yeah yeah but that's not i mean it's it's not just not just that of course <laughs> but i mean no, I've the seen whole those. character um aren't they um visually improved as well the games oh yeah definitely yeah but newer games are always visually improved over yeah the, but the, the the atmosphere and the yeah if, if you play the original tomb raider games um yeah i remember those being more indoor i could be mistaken but uh these were look more adventurous with, yeah uh, the originals were more confined spaces tombs probably. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the new ones, I, I guess. Well, the thing is, the the new games. I think they they just try to make Lara Croft a more relatable, uh, real character, a believable character, not just boobs with legs. <laughs> oh, and a, a big ponytail or pigtail. So, um, and a friend of mine called The Force Awakens a soft reboot as well, and I guess. That's that's an interesting way to put it. Um, soft reboot is a term I've heard before. I think it does apply to the Force Awakens. A soft reboot, I guess, is when you when you start the series over, but not by just disregarding the previous ones, by acting like they didn't exist, they don't count. This is the 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 real thing now. It's not like that. It's more like you take up the the series again and do it in such a way that you want to draw in an audience that hasn't watched the originals and never will. Or and, may never watch And in the, yeah. in the case of The Force Awakens, they try to do it by really copying the original movie in many ways. That's sort of how I would see that. Yeah, of course, in reality, it kind of did treat the originals as non-existent because it copied the same story and basically reset all the characters and their achievements which is what bothered me most, but okay. <laughs> I guess another example of a soft reboot is Doctor Who, uh, in that when they started up the series again in 2004 with Christopher Eccleston and uh -huh. then David Tennant, etc. It continued on from the old Doctor Who series that ended somewhere in the 60s. It continued on from there, but it was done in such a way that no viewer of the new ones was ever expected to watch the old ones you didn't have to see them we but didn't so yeah, yeah we didn't we, we picked right we, yeah. we picked up right there uh with um christopher eccleston right yeah that was the first uh doctor we've uh, so i guess that's a soft reboot as well yeah speaking of maybe jurassic world is another soft reboot yeah possibly i really i really loved uh jurassic world I thought it was really well done. It, f it captured the spirit of the original Jurassic Park better exactly. than any of the other sequels. Yeah, exactly. And the music was uh, really good. They, they took the, the themes from the old movies and they, they added so much to the music. It was great. Um, but but uh, speaking of Doctor Who, I think Doctor Who is uh, cheating a bit because it's kind of a reboot, but it's also a sequel. The, the concept of Doctor Who is actually that the main character... The Doctor is rebooted, quite literally. He's um, right. Yeah, he gets a new body. Yeah, he's uh, Doctor the Doctor 2.0, and then yeah, 3 and with each new actor, 
to play Doctor Who, you kind of get a, a kind of a reboot. Yeah, and that way they can they can always breathe new life into each uh, season or couple of seasons because the Doctor usually lasts a couple of seasons. Um, but it's still the same story, the same concept, and it moves on. So um, yeah, because it's complicated because. I think with a real reboot, you kind of you can just kind of disregard what came before, and they don't. And because, with yeah. with for example, when they moved from Christopher Eccleston to David Tennant, he was with uh, Rose. She was his companion at mm-hmm. that point, and she stayed his companion. So it really it it it's it continues on. It's just one big story, sort of. Yeah, right. With just a different actor playing it, and that so that was kind of. But usually the the companion changes too, right? It becomes yeah. a, a new deal. Then when, yeah, when, when when Matt Smith took over, it was really a, felt more like a reboot. It was also a different yeah. writer. Um, uh, so. Those were, those were uh, well written as well, those episodes. I think we stopped uh, watching when it was Peter Capaldi, right? Uh, before that, uh, we only saw one season of, of Matt Smith, I think. Oh, right, yeah. And we watched the first uh, episode with uh, Peter Capaldi, which we didn't like, and then we yeah. just quit the entire thing. Yeah, it, it, to me, Doctor Who, I just, it, I just really don't care about it at all anymore. To be honest, um, I just completely lost interest. Anyway, um, I, th- I think another one you could say is James Bond. Yeah. Um, yeah right. Because uh, that gets rebooted with a new actor every time. My favorite really is Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I never really got into the Daniel Craig um, movies uh, because I'm a big fan of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. To me, that's James Bond. And I just now, according to Sir Christopher Lee, who knew Ian Fleming, the writer of the original novels, he said that uh, Pierce Brosnan is actually the actor who most closely resembles what. What was the intention for the character? Oh, really? Well, I, I always liked him. Um, I think a lot of people will call Sean Connery the best because he was the first. But I don't think first necessarily means best. And last uh, doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> so, we've mentioned reboots, remakes, uh, reimaginings. What do you think makes a good remake? Well, I think uh, we've established that there has to be a good reason to remake the movie. Uh, Did the old movie have outdated special effects, for example? Or could you tell the story from a new angle? (laughs) (laughs) Bring something fresh uh, into it? Um, For example, uh, from from another language, uh, when when you have uh, a movie from another language, Mm. can you... It's not just the language, usually. It's also... Uh, you have this other culture and uh, yeah. it can be interesting to uh, to put the same story in another in a different culture with a different language um, often it has a different style too a bad reason would be I want more money <laughs> and I alre- yeah. I, I've already done this movie so I'm going to do it again and that will take less time and get me my money again that reminds me, um, we did a remake. Um, the Will of the Woods was actually a remake of our original 
Flemish language story, yeah. The Wesens van het Wout. We thought we made no money with the first one. Let's make another one and make more no money. <laughs> more no money. No, but we did we did want to reach a wider audience because of the the speak people the audience of people who speak Flemish is extremely small. So by translating the story and um releasing it in English, we could reach more listeners. And I'm very happy that we did because I think the English the English version is decidedly better than the the original. Yeah, there were also Dutch. some minor flaws in the the script that we we managed to to get out and we usually tell people who speak Dutch uh, if you understand English, uh listen to the English one because it's actually better than the the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, our, our son is trying to steal my recording device. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to pull off your beard. <laughs> yes, also. It's real, it's real. So even though um, a remake should, you know, do something fresh with the original, at the same time, I would also say that it has to be true to the spirit of the original and not stray too far from that either. Right, yeah. And while remakes can be great, directors should be very careful because if you want to remake a near flawless masterpiece, that's rarely a good idea. Yeah, we've we've um, mentioned a couple of examples of that. Yeah. Like Ben-Hur uh, was completely unnecessary sequel, actually. Yeah, exactly. Now, on the re- other hand, remakes of not so great movies can actually be really good if you spot the flaw in the original and you can fix it. Yeah, theoretically that would be a great idea, um, except it, I don't think it, it happens very often because if a movie is really just not good, then it won't be very popular usually or I don't know, I, I don't think a lot of people will feel the interest in remaking it. Yeah, I guess. And in any case, if you remake a movie uh, and there were some minor flaws, this is your chance to fix them, right? So it will happen all the time. So what makes a good reimagining? Well, I think uh, in case of a reimagining, the audience will be more lenient if you make it clear from the start that it's really about something, that it's really something different. A uh, different title can help. Yeah, that reminds me of all of those YA fairy tale retelling books that they have these days. You know those? Yeah, like red and white and all <laughs> yeah. these really abstract titles. Uh. Yeah, and, and they're all retellings of classic fairy tales as YA novels. Like Apple or Bear. Apple, or yeah. <laughs> I, I would say that though on the, on the whole minor changes... Uh. Are, are not really the point. I mean, you just do something new then if you're just going to change one small thing. So what makes a good reboot? I think like a remake, it should add or improve something about the original. For example, what you said about Lara Croft, um, that they wanted to make her more realistic and relatable. Uh, that's interesting, I, I think, an interesting um, start for a reboot. And I also think it's important not to reboot too soon. 
because <laughs> right. I think the Spider-Man reboot came too soon. And I, like I said, I, I really like Spider-Man. But there are so many Spider-Man reboots. Uh, the thing is, I, I didn't really get it when I saw the 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 reboots. The first reboots, I mean, which one? The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, right. I, I didn't really... I thought, well, we've we just seen this Maguire movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they were quite similar. Yeah, they were so similar. It wasn't that much later. I just didn't get why you would do something so similar so soon after. And they were good? Yeah, I mean, they're a bit different, but not that different. Uh, so an appropriate amount of time later, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably better to, to wait a bit. So which movies would we like to see a remake of? Not Lord of the Rings, of course. No, not Lord of the Rings. I don't think there's any need for a Lord of the Rings remake. Yeah, we don't think uh, anyone will be able to top Peter Jackson's movies. One thing that I might be interested in, though, uh, when it comes to the Lord of the Rings, is a new animated version, perhaps in a series form where you really take the time to show all the you know the slower things the slower parts of it but i don't know i don't i, I don't really think it's necessary one thing that uh, that i would really like to see a remake of would be i know what you're going to say yeah what am i going to say the never ending story that's correct <laughs> you know me too well um yeah the Neverending Story is is one movie that I would like to see a remake of, because um, the original book is wonderful, and the first movie that was made in the eighties was quite a good adaptation of the first half of that book. But the book really consists of two halves, and um, the second half. Well, they did the, they did do a movie called Neverending Story 2 a number of years later, but that was really bad and it was not faithful to the book and um just it was it was a big dis- disappointment. Um by another director as well, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um so you know, I'm I'm still waiting for it. these days it's quite popular to do a, um a big book as two movies, right? With yeah. the Hunger Games and Harry Potter, they did that. So they should do that with the never-ending story, I think. And then show all the things that they couldn't really show in the in the original movie. Yeah. Like I've Falcor actually looking like a dragon instead of a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's it's it was kinda cute, but I'm I'm really curious about a remake of that and and how they're going to make uh, Falcor look. And I'd I'd really like to see you know um, Atreyu actually you know hunting the the purple buffaloes, etc. Maybe um, they could make another uh, remake of Dracula. Yeah, there's been almost no remakes of Dracula. Or uh, yeah, adaptation. Um, see, yeah, thin line. Um, Maybe maybe a, an adaptation because because none of the different movies based on Dracula are actually very faithful to the novel, right? No, they, they've never really done a completely faithful um, adaptation. Never. 
the 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 closest one was perhaps Francis Ford Coppola's version, but he really messed up the themes of the book. He he turned it into a story about venereal disease. Um, you mean Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah, it was called Bram Stoker's Dracula. But I, I, while the plot was the same as the book, I feel that thematically he messed up. I really liked the the most recent one, but that was more like a a reimagining, I think, of the story. Um, oh, you mean the the Luke Evans one? Yeah. Yeah, that that was more of the origin story. It wasn't wasn't really about what the book is about. No, I I really like that. So it's it's cool that they still make things like that uh, as well. It was a cool take on uh, on the Dracula story. Yeah, and. And I also think they can never have too many reimaginings of the Arthur legend. You had Excalibur and you had the series Merlin. And uh, I wouldn't mind if there were more uh, movies or series in that universe or that uh, that's, uh, legend, that setting. Uh. I think there was a King Arthur movie last year or something, uh, very recently. Oh, we should watch it then. Yeah, I, I have no idea what it's like, but I know it exists. Okay, so dear listeners, are there any movies you would like to see a remake of? Um, please let us know. Yeah, we're curious about that. Uh, if you want to see a remake of a movie you like in particular, uh, share it with us in the comments section. All right. For all of you people out there in quarantine, I hope if you're ill, you get better soon. We pray for you and your families. And if you're bored, we want to remind you that all of our audio dramas, audiobooks, dramatized audiobooks, maybe we should do a whole episode on the distinction between those, um, they're all online for free on our YouTube channel and on our uh, podcast. So knock yourself out. Not literally, of course. And, uh, and please, uh, enjoy. And enjoy our, our backlog of uh, storytelling podcast episodes if, you're, um, if you really can't sleep. Um, They're a perfect antidote. Enjoy and take care. Till next time. Bye.